Previously on the Division Three's Finest Podcast. Taysom Hill, I'm telling you guys right now, will be a great NFL quarterback if he steps in in New Orleans. Next Peyton Manning, Taysom Hill. What? No. Well, I understand you've moved on to the uh, personal training game. Uh, so, like, what are the best kind of steroids that I could get? That's a good question, man. <laughs> uh, you took Sprite Cranberry you took, over. You took Mr. Pib over Dr. Pepper. I'd rather drink my own piss than cranberries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fear the mellow ball at all, and then, uh, like, those guys, always, they do look like they're half asleep all the time. I think what Shub yeah. is I try and ask is, do you, do you not have dragons? Yeah, and they I feel like really good. I, I know. <laughs> this, is, this is the most energetic I've seen you all day, honestly. So, Maya, what do you do now? professional now big professional uh, guy episode 83 of the division three's finest podcast coming up next what's up guys episode 83 of the division three's finest podcast how's everyone doing good man my zoom background's kind of creeping into my face but other than that i can't complain weather's turning uh, i hope everybody had a great memorial day weekend you know uh, yeah, it's a little late. It's a little late for that now, though. I guess considering this is going to come out on Thursday. Thursday. Um, but I hope you did all have a great weekend. And you know, like I said yesterday, it's just good to have you back for another round. Yeah, glad to be back. Like I said, it was good to knock off the rust with the last episode. Um, you know, start everything's starting to get back to normal. Uh, hopefully, everything will get fully back to no- normal soon. You know, but hey, just happy to be back for another episode. I mean, I could be mistaken, but I'm. Gil's face has dramatically gotten worse. Like, it's, it's so bad now. It's so blue. I mean, sorry, this is bad radio. I know you guys can't see this, but Gil looks like he belongs in Avatar. Like, it's just his face completely blue. Um, it's very distracting. I don't think this was happening during the um, episode. Otherwise, no, I would have been wasn't. very distracted. It was not. But, yeah, I mean, so let's get into our podcast preview. If this is your first time listening to the show, basically this section, we're going to do a quick five-minute preview of the upcoming episode uh, just to give you guys kind of a sneak peek and talk about some of our favorite moments from the interview. Uh, if you want to skip this section, feel free. You know, like we say, we say this every week, but, you know, we're just here to provide you guys the best listening experience possible. But every episode, we do include time codes in the description, and they're there for a reason. So definitely utilize those if there's certain parts of the interview you're looking for. But Gil, as my fellow co-host and, of course, my friend, uh, shout out Jacob Schubert, who's also here. He's also my friend, even though most of the time he doesn't make an appearance. But Andrew, yeah. what were some of your takeaways from a our interview? A friend who can't Michael? make time for his friend's uh, podcast. Uh, I miss five times, and Ben doesn't show up. We don't have a fucking show. We'll believe that. I thought it was 30. <laughs> But see, Ben would tell us though. Ben Ben would give us the real story. But uh, no, I thought. I mean, I thought this was good. I thought it was super interesting. Uh, you know, I was, Worcester was a school I was familiar with too, so it was kind of cool to hear. Like, and I was like one of the first guys where I can like, I don't know, like I can like picture the campus and stuff. Like, so you know, just some of the stuff he talks about was kind of cool. And I mean, seemed real real humble guy, real down to earth, easy going. So he was a good good to have on the interview for sure. And just kind of here going through his, I don't know, just going through some of his numbers were insane. insane. So yeah. um, for a guy, for a guy as good as he was, and you know, he he kind of has a good. I don't know if it's like a, you know, not it's a good story. You know, kind of stuff he had to deal with for his playing career, and to ultimately end up where he's at is is pretty impressive. So you know, great guy, great interview. Yeah, you know, kind of same lines as Gil. 
uh, you know, just hearing his, his story from where he was in high school to then Wooster and then now to the pros, like hearing his, you know, his how he found out he got drafted. You know, those are always good stories to hear. Fantasy BS, that's some, you know, gold with those picks. Uh, ben, gold. Especially Ben's. Uh, but no, I thought it was a really good interview overall. That I really enjoyed talking out. to him. Yeah, Ben really showed up this fantasy BS. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed having him on and I just appreciate him taking time out of his day to come on the show. That's right. So we'll rattle ben, right now. What about you, man? You know, it, was, it was a tough fantasy hey. draft for me personally, but uh, I'm not going to talk about that at all. I'm just going to talk about the show. Uh, personally, with Michael, you know, I never get tired of these stories where, you know, he said five foot 140 going into high school, and, you know, something ridiculous. Yeah. Just that was kind of the story, you know, just too small. And that's why he ultimately didn't go D1. I don't want to ruin like his whole story, but, you know, I just. These underdog stories never get old, even though, you know, he had such great statistics at Wooster, you wouldn't think that, you know, he's kind of an underdog figure, but, you know, it really was that case, you know, especially in high school and not being able to get any D1 offers. You know, kind of similar to Toby Welk and his stats in college, because, you know, we had him on the podcast. He said he only struck out, like, 31 times his whole college career. You know, Michael's stats weren't as crazy as that, well, strikeouts-wise, but, you know, average and accomplishments-wise, mm-hmm. you know, definitely matches up to Toby. But yeah, so I mean, this was a rough episode for me in other ways as well. You'll you'll hear that. I don't want to spoil that either. But yeah, you know, I, I'm still good interview with Michael, and I'm happy yeah. we had him on the podcast for sure. Definitely, Ben, and I'll I'll come up to bat for you, man. Maybe not the best, but you know, it's few and far between for you. So I mean, it's like me or Shub is just a dime a dozen. We'll have one every you know every day uh, i'm so for, usually every for week okay for, for you kind of to come out it, well when you show up shub yeah but yeah man don't don't beat yourself up too much i mean you know the draft kind of wasn't the greatest but it's shub, all right shub pick uh, lamar jackson as a nickname for a fastball people forget people don't talk about that enough actually <laughs> lamar jackson oh yeah uh, that was a good one. No, I, have, I have one more thing to say one more thing to say okay sure? yeah go for yeah, it yeah yeah could you imagine how fucked we would have been at Bethany? We'll bleep that out if we had to face Toby or Michael. We yeah, could barely well, handle I, Geneva's hitters. Could you imagine these guys? They would kill us. No, we'll bleep no, that out as well. Not worried. Um, but unless you guys have anything else you want to add, uh, I think that's all we got for the preview. Um, all you listeners out there, hope you enjoyed the interview with Houston Astros minor league infielder Michael Walensky. Benjamin, my friend. Rupert is also my friend, but Benjamin. Please cue the air horn. A few moments later. Now joining us on the podcast, this is his first appearance on the show. He's a minor league infielder for the Houston Astros. Shout out, big friends of the program. And he was also an All-American at Wooster. Well, at least, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's an All-American. His player bio on Wooster's page is about 10 pages long with accomplishments. So if he wasn't, he obviously probably did some pretty cool stuff with that program. <laughs> but, you know, one Division three's finest, no doubt about it. Michael Wolanski. Glad to have you on the show. First question, how's quarantine life going for you? And, you know, when can we get Altuve on the podcast? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, quarantine life is good. Um, just in St. Louis with my family for the most part. Um, I don't know about Jose Altuve. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to get, get up there uh, before I can uh, answer that question for you. That's fair. Well, just, yeah, just make sure you keep us in mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once you get up there. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be top on the list. For sure. <laughs> All right, so coming in hot with our first big-time journalism question here. Uh, the theme of our podcast name, Division Three's Finest, originates from us being former yet, obviously, you know, very elite, emphasis on the elite, uh, Division Three athletes who have since retired and taken our talents to the podcast game. 
Uh, but like most D3 guys, it wasn't about going pro. It was more about just enjoying the game with her teammate and trying to play as long as we could. Now, you're, mo- you're not like most D3 baseball players. Not too many guys get drafted after their junior year at the Division three level um, and get paid to play professional baseball. But just real quick, and we'll get into your story and further into your baseball background later in the show as well. But just give us a quick intro on yourself and maybe some quick background before your time at Wooster. Yeah, so in high school, um, I was always really small. Um, I was probably five foot, maybe 100 pounds going into high school. Wow. Um, so by the time junior year hit, I was maybe five, nine, 140 pounds, which was kind of the key year to get recruited by those colleges. And most of the D one teams that came up and would watch, they would be like, we love your skills, but you're too small. So that was kind of the story of my life at that point. And I had, so I ended up going to a head first showcase, which was like an academic showcase up in New York and played pretty well up there. And I had about 20 D3 offers after that. Um, and I wanted to stay in the Midwest. So I decided to narrow it down to about three of the schools looking at me and ended up settling for the College of Worcester. Yeah, that's not, not really the worst yeah. uh, place to settle on there. That's funny you mentioned uh, head first. So actually, because your class of 2018, right? Um, 2019. 2019. Okay. So I was going to say, like, we might have been at that same camp because I was there, I guess, a year before you. So that yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. That something. I, I had four D three offers, not twenty. So yeah, that's the, that's the skill. <laughs> it happens. But you said we found Bethany, so it's all good. Right? Yeah. Uh, what, were the, what were the other two uh, schools that you said you layered it down to three? What were the other two? Um, it was Denison, Worcester, and McAllister, and ended up choosing Worcester pretty much just because they ended up having a better baseball program. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah. That. yeah, that's why we chose Bethany too. <laughs> Uh, so if you can't tell yet, um, you know, we like to keep things a little bit loose, not as, you know, maybe uptight as maybe some other podcasts. Uh, so before we dig deeper into some of the more traditional questions with your baseball journey, uh, you know, about how you got drafted and all that, um, just to loosen things up a little bit, get to know you more, we're going to do some rapid fire questions. Um, so just, you know, pretty light, try to keep you on your toes, but nothing too crazy. Um, if you got, you know, quick answer, that's good. But if you have a story, um, for sure, you know, we want to hear it, so... Uh, you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. So what was the weirdest question you've gotten from either a scout or something strange you've seen on a questionnaire during your draft process? There weren't too many weird questions. I did have a draft workout with the Mets, though, that they had me do this eye test. And okay. like, I thought it was just going to be like kind of like a pitcher throwing, and it's like, oh, like fastball slider, like what do you throw? And yeah. it ended up not being anything close to that. It was like – testing anything like depth perception like all these weird tests that like oh, wow. i never would have imagined yeah um, that was probably the weirdest thing i would say you don't even know like what you're getting tested like for in the moment it's just weird weird exams no i got you exactly. um so kind of on that note though we saw a similar question asked on the pat mcafee show and he asked an nfl i think it was a quarterback um that like he the weirdest question he got and he told him it was basically he was in a room with his head coach, offensive coordinator, and uh, quarterbacks coach. And the question was out of us three, like you have to punch one of us in the face. Like who do you pick? And they made him answer. So along those same lines, we're on a Zoom call right now. There's three of us. Which one of us would you punch in the face? You have to. I have to punch one of you guys in the face. Yeah, no hard feelings either. Oh god, that's tough. 
Um, <laughs> I'll go Ben. Sorry. No! Yes. That's yes. his first one. That's his Race first one. streak. Then. I had one last two. That's yeah. tough. Well, Schubert got two instant answers. The last, he's two for two on immediate that guy right there. So this is, he's, this is a nice break for Ben to get. Ben to get one. It had to happen eventually. That's tough, but yeah. So, do you have any crazy baseball superstitions? And if not, what's the weirdest one you've seen from a teammate? Um, I mean, lately, not so much. I mean, I guess it's kind of weird. I would always, like, put on my shoes the same every single way. Yeah. Like, it would always be left and right and tie them right versus left. Would you um, restart if you didn't do it right? Yeah, pretty okay. much. Okay, there, there you go. That's, and, uh, that's legit. I also also used to always listen to the same playlist before every game. Okay, that's pretty good. That's that's pretty. That's a that's an intense one there. I I could see that. The met the the restarting. That's my big thing. If I ever messed up mine, it was like, oh, you gotta you gotta stop now. Yeah. Um, do you ever get tired of hearing like some Division three stereotypes? And is it something you maybe deal with a lot in the locker room now? Um, not so much now. Uh, when I went to play summer ball in college, there was a little bit at first, mm-hmm. but. I'd say now in pro ball, it's kind of like everyone's here and everyone's in the yeah. same boat. So that's fair. Just get through it together. Yeah. Uh, before that, you know, he's come from some small schools and there's a lot of the big D1 guys. So there's a little bit more of a stereotype. But sure. Gotcha. So what's kind of on that note, I guess, you said, like you said, you're all just getting through it together. So what's one thing that minor leaguers go through every day that most uh, sports fans might not know about? That's a tough question. Um, I'd say sometimes getting through some of those pregame spreads. Uh, yeah, that's I that was lot. just going to say, if you needed, like, help, food was an answer we got a lot. Exactly. I mean, you can only get so many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches before you get tired. <laughs> so. Peanut butter and jelly, that's actually pretty – that's, like, <laughs> higher end from some of what we heard. So Yeah. That, that's pretty good. So D3 probably had some, you know, some decent-sized bus rides, I guess. I don't know about the travel situation at Wooster, but uh, what would be your go-to gas station snack? Back then, I'd have to say any type of candy. Okay. okay. I don't and, know. I'm, I'm just a huge candy guy. Like chocolate? What are we, like no, Sour like, Patch Kids? Skittles, like Sour Patch Kids. Okay. 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 Gotcha. Not anymore, though? Uh, I'm trying to trying to get healthier. Now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Come fair. on. He's a professional. Yeah, now, true. Man, please. I'm still sneaking in every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, so who's better, Division three or minor league umpires? It's we won't tell them. a lot closer than you think. Okay. I'd say I get more frustrated with minor league umpires. I think I have a higher standard. I was just going to ask. Yeah, they're honestly pretty comparable in general. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, we've had a lot of good Usually, opinions on that. Yeah, like, go ahead. A, ben. We've had a good variety of opinions on that, so it's always interesting to ask that question and see, you know, what the person's going to say. But, yeah. Yeah. There's no consensus. It's, I think it's all just personal experience. Right. Yeah. We also have more information now, though. Like we can literally see exactly right. where the pitch is yeah. after the game. So it's literally like, okay, that was literally eight inches off the plate. And then now you, you hate that umpire for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're validated. Exactly. So we don't get that at, at the D3 level. Yeah. I don't know if you know Toby Welk, but he said a similar thing. Like he's, he's gotten reports where, you know, pitched six inches off the plate, called a strike at the minor league level. And he's, you know, been very upset with minor league umpires ever since. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So last one here. Uh one marry one kill one uh we'll bleep that out for sure uh cinnamon toast crunch captain crunch and fruity pebbles 
Okay, so I'm going to have to marry Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Got to. Okay. Um, Captain Crunch. That's and what's that on? Kill Fruity Pebbles? No, yeah, you forgot cool. about it, so definitely getting it. Yeah, definitely not memorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Though. I think that's about what I would have picked as well. Those were those were tough, though. I think Fruity Pebbles, obviously. I mean, no offense to Fruity Pebble fans. That's a weak link in that list. Yeah. So I think it came down to Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Captain Crunch. Yeah, maybe next time you got to take Cinnamon Toast Crunch out of there because it's just going to beat everyone. Everyone's going to marry it. It's top yeah. Tier, yeah. It's, yeah, it's tough. All right, but you know, getting back to the more mainstream questions, you know, just looking at some of your stats and accomplishments at Worcester, you know, hit over 400 your sophomore and junior year. And, you know, this is a save metric that was actually, you know, featured in your player bio, but you're only the second player ever in D3 baseball history to record 200 hits, 200 runs, and 150 RBIs before the end of your junior season. So, you know, just absolutely ridiculous stuff. Kind of reminds us as, you know, I just mentioned Toby Welk. His numbers at Penn State Burks are pretty, you know, crazy as well. So, you know, shout out in front of the programs. But, uh, you know, just talk to us about your college career overall. And during this run, was there ever any kind of, you know, thoughts about transferring and trying to go D1? Um. There's never any thoughts about transferring. Um, after my sophomore year, I went to play in the Valley League, which was like one of the better leagues in for summer leagues in the country. And there's a lot of big D1s there. And I ended up being the MVP of that league. And pretty much a lot of a lot, a lot of the different players would come up to me and be like, "Hey, like our coach said, like we want you to transfer here, stuff like that." But I mean, my coaches at Worcester were awesome. They took a shot on me at the start, and I felt like after that, like I was, I wasn't transferring ever. And cool. I think a lot of that also kind of, I guess, answers the other question too. Um, like I just loved every minute of Worcester, mm-hmm. just in general, um, from my friends there to the coaching staff to, I mean, the winning culture. So I think I learned a lot as a player and a person there, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't take that back for anything so and just from personal d3 experience uh we all played division three baseball together and i'm pretty sure uh you know i'm fairly positive actually we never ran into anyone that has the resume that you do um so we can only imagine what your confidence level and swagger uh must have been during these games but just talk about your mentality during your d3 days uh you know was there ever like a moment where it switched or was it you know where you felt like maybe you were the best player in the league and and when did you kind of get the feeling that going pro might be a real possibility? So going into college, I never even expected anything about pro ball. Mm -hmm. Um, But once I got there and started playing more, um, essentially freshman year when I got there, everyone would kind of make fun of me, like in the opposite way. It wasn't really making fun of me, but it was like, why are you here? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think after that, it was kind of, I mean, I still just said, you know, I'm here just because I'm just like everybody else. Like I didn't get recruited by any D1 guys, everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after like freshman year, the start, I was terrible. We went down to Florida and coach had me in the nine hole and I might've had one hit through about four or five games. Mm-hmm. And he ended up moving me to the three hole which made no sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but I mean, he knows what he's doing. And all of a sudden from there, like I never looked back. It was just started hitting well. Sure. And, and taking me into, after my sophomore year, that was kind of my breakout year there. And I went to that summer league, the Valley league. And once I got there and started playing well, I think that was kind of when I was like, okay, there's a possibility. 
Um, I got to go to two uh, showcases in front of like pro scouts, which was the first time I'd ever done that and got a little bit of feedback from some teams. And then once fall ball hit my junior year, that was kind of when all the questionnaires came in from different teams. I probably had like 20, 25 in the fall. Then I had some scouts come up for individual workouts in the winter. And by the time junior year had ended, I had an advisor and he was kind of like, Hey, like, I think there's a good chance that you could go in the draft. And I mean, nothing's guaranteed, but I think you got a pretty good opportunity. And then once the 18th round came around, they took me. Yes, you know, just going off of that, uh, talk to us about your draft process. You touched on it a little bit, uh, but was there ever any kind of indication of on like what team or what rounds you might get picked in? And anyone who's played baseball somewhat seriously, you know, we've all dreamed of that draft day phone call. That's something that gives me chills when it happens playing the show because I'm the only one with a PS4 in the Zoom. Uh, so I can only imagine what it feels like in real life. Uh, but what did draft day look like for you personally? It was stressful, honestly. Um, so there were some hints about when I was going to go. Usually, like, nobody had said I was going to go before the third day, really. There was maybe, if I got thrown in late round on the second day, maybe. But realistically, early third day. Um, and I honestly hadn't even talked to the Astros. I didn't know that they were even on the list at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was going to go to the Mets because they were probably showed the highest interest towards me. Mm-hmm. And... About after around 15, I actually shut my computer and I was like, all right, like everything that had been told to me at the beginning of the day didn't happen. So I was like, honestly, I don't even know if I'm going to get drafted. So I went out. Um, Jeez. I, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, then all of a sudden I got a call from my advisor and he was like, hey, like there's three teams bidding on you right now. Um, will you take this number and would you be willing to go? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Um, and all of a sudden, he was like, all right, it's either the Astros, the Cardinals, or the Mets. And the Astros, he's like, you're going to get a call beforehand. And all of a sudden, I got, I came up on, like, the draft tracker that was on the computer. And my dad was like, Mike, you just got drafted. And I was like, Wait, I didn't get a call. <laughs> and then they called about five minutes later and we're just like, hey, like, congrats. We took you in the 18th round. But it was awesome. I was there with my whole family. My girlfriend was there. And it was just, I mean, it was surreal. Just that's what I dreamed of my entire life. And when it happened, it was, it was awesome. For sure. Yeah, it never gets old hearing those, some of those stories. Because, yeah, it's just, you know, obviously. I special. feel like I feel, I felt the stress there. Especially, I mean, yeah. you go off of all that. And then, it, well, you're probably already, I just know personally, even being told all of that, I'd be a little skeptical. And then as soon as it doesn't happen, it's like, right. all right, like I'm out of here. I'm done. <laughs> Uh, so I could, I felt that for sure. Oh yeah. And you know, we know you're just getting started in the Myers, so hopefully you guys are back out there playing again soon. Even if it is with robot umpires or some of these crazy re- proposals we're seeing online. Uh, but just regarding your first two seasons as a professional, has there ever been any like you know, holy shit? Uh, we'll bleep that out. You know, like welcome to the league like moment. Um, either in spring training or seeing MLB guys for the first time, where you're like, you know, all right, this is this is real. This is a whole new ball game here. Um, in terms of seeing MLB guys, uh, my second series ever, I was in short season in the New York Penn League. Um, Chris Tillman, I don't know if you know him, for the Orioles, he had like a 10-year big league career. He was pitching in like the second series I'd ever played in. Um, so that was a pretty big, big-name guy. Yeah. To 
didn't get a hit off of him, but that's all right. You were there. <laughs> exactly. You and then it, yeah. uh, I think I had an RBI off of him, though. Okay, there you go. In the books. Later in the year, we actually played Todd Frazier uh, oh, when wow. we were playing the Mets affiliate. And he hit a bomb off of us, which was kind of cool. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah um, that was kind of one of those surreal moments. Yeah. And I just have a you know quick follow up. I don't know if you want to get into this too much, but is it kind of a weird time being a part of like the Astros organization with everything that's been going on? And have there been any like uncomfortable situations for you, like getting booed or you know friends jabbing jokes at you? I definitely get a ton of friends jabbing jokes at me. That's yeah. that's kind of a given. Okay. But uh, in terms of anything serious, I mean, me personally, I I don't see any of it. Okay. Um, I mean, we didn't get down to spring training either. Literally, the right. day they cooled us down, we got sent home the next day. Yeah. So, I I mean, I'd be shocked if the minor leaguers are going to get too much from it. I'm sure we'll hear some fans here and there or whatever it is. But right. luckily, it, it's been pretty calm. Yeah. So, a couple more questions before we get into Fantasy BS. Um, just following up, uh, you mentioned a bit of shock when you first got started in the league um, and, you know, facing those big-name guys. Uh, in your second series, uh, especially coming from D3. So what would you say was the biggest adjustment, you know, for you with professional baseball and as a shortstop, you know, what do you think is going to be the key for you? You know, what's what's like the biggest thing for you moving forward to kind of keep progressing in the organization? Uh, you know, is it more defense? Is it hitting? Or is it just kind of, you know, everything? you got to turn it all up, kind of. Uh, I'll definitely say in terms of working on stuff, everything. Um, yeah. The biggest thing that I've been working on is playing multiple positions. Um, okay. I'm a big believer that that's going to give me more value. Mm-hmm. Um, so I originally was a shortstop coming in, and then last year I played first, second, third, short, and some outfield. There you go. Oh, okay. Trying trying to move move into the utility spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the other question with that? Um, I mean, that was pretty much it. Like, just what what was specifically a shortstop? You know, what was your yeah. What was the key, and uh, if there was any, like, the biggest adjustment just in general once you got to the league? Uh, biggest adjustment had to have been, I mean, obviously the pitching. Right. You're seeing yeah. literally everybody's ace from their colleges, and everybody's throwing 92, 94, if not sometimes 100. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. And it's also just a faster-paced game in general, I would say. Yeah. Um, was that, and just I just a quick follow-up, I played, like, a bunch of different positions, too. Was that something – I guess, like, did you kind of suggest, I don't know how much room you have to suggest things, but was it something you were, like, pitched out there, or was it they, did they come to you with that of, like, trying to trying to find a fit? Well, they've always been big, at least for, like, everybody I've seen from an infield standpoint. They want everybody to be able to play short, second, and third, no matter okay. what, um, especially the middle infield guys. Mm-hmm. And then last year they actually had, like, a talk with us that was pretty much saying you can add value by playing more positions. Okay. Um, so that's kind of where the outfield came into play. And my sure. coach and I had been messing around one day out there and I was like, Hey, throw me out there. Yeah. The next thing I knew I was chalked up for left field. So I was like, all right, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. No, that's cool. I was curious how that worked. Like I said, cause like I was, it was kind of similar. Like as just, you know, let's try it out, whatever. But I didn't know if that's something you can really do uh, at your level. Like, they just tell you to get, get the hell out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot of suggestions, but uh, it, it worked out. They opened the door for you. I got you. Yeah, so, you know, the last question we have before we get into some fantasy BS. Uh, but like Ben mentioned earlier, we're still without baseball for the time being. 
uh, unless you're wa- staying up until 4 a.m. to watch the Korean Baseball League, which uh, I do not recommend. But personally for you, uh, what's your quarantine daily routine looking like? And where's your mindset yeah, considering, you know, all the uncertainty moving, moving forward? Um, early on, it was a struggle finding really anything because St. Louis was completely shut down. I would go on to some like local high school fields and take some BP and try not to get kicked off. Uh, we got sent home from one of them actually. Um, and then my trainer from here, uh, in terms of like weights and stuff, he had some outdoor workouts at a track, um, that I was going to, which was nice. And then my facility just opened up probably two, three weeks ago. So now I'm pretty much back doing what I would do in the off seasons, which is nice and able to get all my work in. That's good. That's good. Good Things are kind of getting back to normal. I like the sign of that. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of guys are struggling. And it's all, especially with where it's at now, it's kind of like, you know, like your gym opened up. Like I just know my, my, personally, my gym is not open yet. So, you know, you're kind of at the, you're kind of at the mercy of where you're at in those regards. Exactly. And like you said, not getting kicked off of a local high school field. Yes. Um, I, I guess I have one quick, you know, follow up to what are some of your thoughts on some of these proposals being thrown out there to get you guys back? Like, you know, robot up fires. I've seen, you know, Gil still says, you know, this is fake news, but there's a report real. that like players sitting in the stands, social distancing, like, you know, what were some of your thoughts on, you know, some of these ideas being thrown out? I mean, if that's going to get us on the field, then I'd be happy with it right now. Yeah. Um, I think it would definitely change a lot of the game. There's so much interaction in terms of just, human interaction yeah. whether it's high fives interaction, or whatever yeah. so i mean some of that in, in terms of like this like you can't spit i know that's going to screw up a lot of people a lot of people like, yeah stuff like that i think it's going to be tough but i mean ultimately if it gets us on the field i'm pretty sure everyone's kind of on board with doing whatever we have to do right all right, so I think uh, I think we're ready for Fantasy BS. Um, for all you first-time listeners out there, for our last segment of the podcast, uh, we like doing a fantasy draft of a random topic with our guests. Um, for today's topic, uh, in honor of Memorial Day, we're doing a fantasy BS, our fantasy draft of the best Memorial Day cookout foods. Uh, we'll be doing three picks each, and as our guest, Michael, uh, you get to go first. My friend and fellow co-host, Benjamin Gavlik, will go second. I'll have third, uh, and of course, last but not least, joining us on the show after a, after a little vacation, a little slacking off last week. I have to. Um, my friend, also my friend, Coach Jacob the Bald Schubert will have the last pick. Uh, it is a snake draft, though, so uh, he'll have back to back. But Michael, you know, whenever you're ready, starts off. Um, I mean, I'm gonna have to start off with a good burger. Has to oh. be. Has to be in the lineup. Yeah. The- that has to be the first pick, especially for this one. Yeah. Are you a grill guy? Like, are you the grill master, or do you just you're just there for when it's ready? I'm there for the food. When yeah, it's ready. I, yeah, I got you. That's yeah, yeah. that's me as well. All right, I got the second pick here. I'm gonna go a little unconventional. I mean, this is good, but I don't know if this is the first thing that pops ahead when you think cookout foods. I'm gonna go with buffalo chicken dip. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is good. This is good all. <laughs> it's just all good all the time. Yeah. It's one of my yeah. Things, so, yeah. Um, I guess, dude. Honestly. You left me – I wasn't expecting, like, to have that go as your first pick. I might oh, I might regret it if I don't take it later. I have to take hot dogs. Okay. You were, I, I yes, have to. You would have yeah. That. yeah, I know. I, I would regret it if I didn't take it later. I was trying to rationalize, like, maybe there's a world where I sneak it on the back yeah. end, but I doubt, I doubt that. All right. 
So my two picks. Uh, clarification: it's just food, no drinks or anything. Yeah, correct. no, you can't take beer, and then everyone picks you, <laughs> and then it's gonna be a terrible right, so draft. I want to clarify. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna go with wings. Yeah. And then give me corn on the cob. Ooh, dude, uh, that's a good one. I didn't think you were gonna snag that right there. Um, all right, so back back to me. Yeah, whatever, dude. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go mac and cheese, honestly, and it's got to be the mac and cheese cooked in that aluminum foil. Uh, it's got to come in that aluminum foil like tin pan. You know what I'm talking about? It's different. I'm so. <laughs> I'm so. <laughs> that was my pick. Your board is gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't have much on this list left. <laughs> I just got a draft beer. It's been allowed to change the rules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> beer is allowed now. <laughs> I'm just going to lose. I'm just going to go pizza. F*** it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I lost. That's, I have it all the time for Memorial Day. You're just going to order it in. Yeah. The... <laughs> all right, Michael, you got a back-to-back fix here. You could have like, well, I guess I don't want to say it, so we're done. Um, let's see. I don't know what else I got. Uh, oh, baked, bean, baked beans. Ooh, good that's a good pick. That's a good one. Um, and then, I mean, a little unconventional, um, ribs. No, no, that's a good one. Not, good as, one. Uh, not as unconventional as pizza. <laughs> yeah, pizza just got to take it. You're good. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm just totally out of this draft now. I'm just. I'm excited for this next <laughs> Ben, Ben, can I give you one? Because I'm not going to take it. Yeah, sure. Uh, what if I take it? Uh, well, you're still. You didn't pick pizza. I, I can. I got you. Just say, say brats. Okay, brats. <laughs> Great, great pick, Ben. Thank you. Nice. Why did you take okay. it over pizza? My Munzer. night's been ruined. <laughs> my night's been uh, ruined by mac and cheese. No, well, so it's honestly, I, spin zone for you, Ben, super impressive that you were able to get brats in the third round. <laughs> you could you. argue that's a great, gee, that was a great draft out of you to get that as your third pick. Yeah, Thank you. Slide pizza for second, make everyone think you're, you don't know what you're doing, and then yeah. steal brats. Yeah, oh, yeah. this guy's out of here. Brats, <laughs> ready to go. Uh, so I'm going to go, last one for me. I, I'm, I'm gonna say watermelon. I just wanted to say like, on. yeah, I, I, you know, you could go like the whole fruit spread ideally, but if you just gotta pick one, watermelon for sure. Especially on Memorial Day, watermelon I feel like is like it's the a must main have. fruit. So my last pick, uh, I'm gonna go with pasta salad. Very happy that fell to me. Yeah, uh, I had uh, I had some reserves. I got zero. Do you have any? I got nothing. I got nothing. All you guys. Beer. Beer is my honorable mention. (laughs) What'd you say? Steak? Beer. Beer. I had had potato salad, so I was ready just just in case. Um, I don't know if this is like a cookout food, but like deviled eggs just are always fire for me. I'm always down with that. Uh, Michael, do you have any? I feel... Did you say coleslaw? Oh no no! See, I would never pick coleslaw. It couldn't be me. I'm picking coleslaw on my job. But that's just fine. I'm sure a lot of people would agree with you. Oh, I agree with you. I had that on my list. This didn't didn't take it. Not many people like coleslaw. That's why I didn't take Shoot, it. There's no way you had that on your list. Don't lie. Shoot, what, what were you? You uh, had one. Yeah, it'd be like. I mean, I said steaks, but like, I, I think that just depends on who you're. How many people you're cooking for. Yeah, yeah. If you're, it's a big cookout, you're not right. you're not throwing steaks on for everybody. Yeah, but then like. <laughs> Grilled chicken and then, yeah, okay. Uh, macaroni salad is what I had also. I mean, same thing. Maybe some pulled pork. Uh, uh, pulled pork, yeah. Yeah, pulled, pulled pork. pork chili at cookouts? Is chili? That just paused no. my head. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. I was just, you know, that's why I threw it out there. That's why I didn't make my draft. <laughs> 
the, the, the honorable mentions don't make the graphics, so I can just yeah. throw anything yeah, that's out. Fair. Oh, uh, the veggie trays with the ranch in the middle? Half yeah. to have ranch Cheese in the middle. Cheese plate? Uh, yeah. I'm just, I think I'm done. Yeah, I'm just bullshitting now. Yeah, I'm just, bull, I'm just pulling it out now. All right, well, I think that's all we have for Fantasy BS, Michael. You know, last thing we have before we let you go, um, but just to close things out with our Division Three's finest theme, you know, unfortunately at the D3 level, things typically, you know, don't come as easy compared to those D1 guys. Travel's usually a little tougher. The buzzes aren't as nice. Taco Bell seems like a five-star option. Like, it's, you know, just not optimal to say the least. But, you know, when we mentioned best D3 stories, does anything come to mind, you know, especially, you know, Specifically, anything crazy or funny that happened at Wooster that you could never imagine happening at the D1 level? Don't have a lot of them. Okay. Um, I'll say one. Are we supposed to use like other schools' names or no? Yeah, you, I mean, go ahead. Yeah. No rules. It's uh, all good. We had a conference game against Hiram. Okay. Um, yeah. You've never been up that way. And it was my freshman year. And before we got there, um, ever, all the seniors were like, hey, man, like, this is going to be the worst field you ever play on. <laughs> and I was like, come on, no, it can't be that bad. Yeah. So we get off the bus, and all of a sudden, there's literally a snow fence. Like, the ones you see in Little League. Like yeah, the, yeah, the orange ones. That was the fence. And the field was just as bad as the fence. Jeez. But um, So a, uh, one of our players hit a ball, and it hit off the wall at the fence. Yeah. And the center fielder flipped over the fence. And he ended up with the in the park home run, and all of a sudden the umpires come together and they're like, no, 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 it's a ground rule, rule double. Anyone who touches the fence, it's a dead ball. And so our coach like freaked out. He was like, no, like whatever. That doesn't make any sense. There, he ended up getting tossed. Oh <laughs> and, my goodness. And he's like, this is the last time I'll ever go back there, ever again. Yeah. Jeez. So, I'm blaming him, especially for that to, to just over that, like yeah. the whole fact of having the fence out there is what ultimately got it. And what kind of rule is that? I'm just <laughs> touching the fence. Like, it was crazy. There was like somebody tagged up too. There was like right up against the fence, and like they had to go back. It was. Uh, wow. Yeah. Not good. I would have gotten thrown out probably yeah. as well. Yeah, ball in the gap might be a triple. Just run as fast as you can to the fence. <laughs> save a save a base. <laughs> That's crazy. Was gonna. Yeah. I think that's it, man. I think that's all we got for you. Sounds good. Ple- yeah, pleasure having you on. Yeah, uh, thanks, thanks for, for the time, on. man. It was good, good time for sure. Uh, is there anything else you want? Anything else you want to touch on real quick before before we hop off here? Uh, I think we're good. All right, man. Yeah, really appreciate your time. It was, it was a good one, especially uh, Ben's fantasy draft. Yeah, <laughs> not a good episode for me. I I got a guy, a guest that wants to punch me in the face and really bad fantasy <laughs> draft. So not not the best. it's about how we bounce back all right we'll we'll be better next time yeah lots of grit lots of grit yeah it's k weezy and we back the rise to the throne yeah ben franklin's ben franklin's I got so much money, it's like I own a money tree All these people phonies just wanna be like me Your baddest girl be all on my D The stuff you pay for for me, it's free Because I got Ben Franklin's, I got Ben Franklin's No need for hatin', I'm not a doctor, I ain't got patience All I got is papers and a lot of haters Shout out to my home dog, they all got prayers